Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's the list and your boy with Jimmy Van and Sean Rossap. With Jimmy and Sean, sell pills for your dumb. Make a fantastic song. Make a fantastic song. What's up, you guys? Sean Rossap. <laughs> Fightful.com is February 19th. So listen, your boy, number 158. We got lots of stuff to talk about here today. Jimmy, how are you? Doing okay. Sean and I only had like two minutes to play catch up today because I got in here <laughs> yeah. late. Fortunately, uh, only. Fortunately, only two minutes. Two minutes. Yep. Yep. I'm dealing. So I didn't with have stuff. to burn a source. Uh, I think you're full of shit. <laughs> I but swear just, I'm not. I swear I'm not. I think whoever told you what you heard, uh, they just speculated because they wouldn't know anything. It, it might have been. Now this doesn't have anything to do with wrestling, by the no. way. No. Has to do with office politics. <laughs> yeah, office politics. Uh-huh. Uh, reminder, guys, if you're watching, uh, youtube.com slash Fightful. It is, uh, you can get your question or statement read on the air by donating a super chat. I should ask Camilla, <sighs> is her audio working today before I go off? It is. Okay, I hope so, because, man, <laughs> we lost a week one week where I spent an hour and a half sitting here and there was no audio. Yeah, I, uh, a- I want to start off by today by talking about a story that resurfaced this week, Sean. This is not a new story. No. But it's a story that resurfaced regarding Major League Wrestling and WWE and alleged contract tampering. And, uh, you know, let me say first, Sean, this is the unfortunate reality when you're a small fish in a big pond. Because this has always happened and this will always happen. You mean a big fish in a small pond? Uh, no, MLW is a small fish in a big oh, pond. Oh, okay. Okay, I thought you meant the wrestlers. No, 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 no. I meant the promotion. Okay. And this is the unfortunate reality. Uh, back in the spring of 2018, uh, word got out that WWE had approached some MLW talent. Shane Strickland. Okay, there you go. And uh, Court Bauer, of course, who heads up MLW, he basically acknowledged Now, he didn't actually say Strickland in this tweet, but he basically acknowledged that the rumors were true uh, on Twitter in December of 2018. We have Court Bauer's yes. tweet. Can you put that up, Camillo? 
Yeah, I didn't send Camille the, the script this week, so he's having to huh. kind of spitball. So this was December of 2018. He said, we brought in Garza along with Baltimore Ninja this past spring. They vanished, blown off pre-tapes to meet across town with WWE Talent Relations and negotiate deals. Uh, unprofessional, puts you on my do not disturb list. So that was in uh, December of 2018. Now back on the May 30th, 2018 episode worth worth noting i should say ultimo ninja for those who don't know humberto carrillo oh okay i actually didn't know that i didn't yeah. know that so there you go so on the on the may 30th back on the may 30th 2018 episode of this podcast the listen to your boy podcast almost two years ago sean because time goes by so fast sean ross Sapp and i had a little spat on the air oh it's it's the idiot anniversary is it yeah yeah we had oh, a wow. we, we had a little tiff on the air uh, and the reason that we had this little spat was that on that podcast, I suggested that with WWE's resources, they would go after a wrestler from a, a small promotion like MLW, regardless of contracts. Uh, Sean didn't agree with me, although I think he's learned since that that does happen. Whoa, 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 whoa. I never said that they wouldn't. I just said it was contract tampering, and it is. Okay. Well, yes. we have a little, we have, I have one little clip. From that podcast before it got <laughs> before it got heated because I I, I will say I uh, I was not proud of my conduct on that show I apologized to Sean afterwards so here's a little clip from before it got heated put up that clip Camilo if WWE wants an MLW talent bad enough they're going to get them and that's 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 just how it is I mean and eventually no they'll get them whenever they want them if if, if there's a guy. Who gives a shit, Sean? What's MLW what going to do? Buy him out? Yeah, they could buy him out, but other than that, they're contractually obligated. Okay, so what? So what? M- ML- MLW, Sean, in terms of finances, all right. And I, and I'm just t- giving you the corporate truth about things because this is the corporate truth. MLW in terms of finances, all right, is basically this cup of water right here. Contracts are pretty this? black and white. WWE does not like to do. Have anything to do no, with contract tampering? My here's my point. My point is, if WWE chooses to do things the right way, which they probably will, because it's not like MLW's got Brock Lesnar under contract, right? So unless if WWE chooses to do things the right way, which they probably will, nothing's going to happen, right? If WWE decides we really want that guy, they're going to get that guy. Like Thirty seconds. All well, right, it's we over now, Jimmy. <laughs> well, there's me on footage saying that WWE would never do anything like that. Right, would never do anything like that. Yeah, they would never get involved with contract tampering. Now, once again, I wasn't proud of my conduct that day. I apologize to Sean. And you know something? Behind the scenes, and Sean will agree with this, behind the scenes, there are occasions when Sean and I disagree about something. Yeah. And there are even occasions when Sean will cop a little bit of attitude here and there. Much, much less than before now, though. You've gotten you've gotten more mellow as time has yeah, gone by. Yeah, you have to, Jimmy. Yeah, I think so. I think yeah. so. But the thing is, is normally when Sean does cop attitude, most of the time I don't have a problem with it because that kind of comes with being an employer, and I'm kind of used to it, and and uh, and I let it go. But Gotta on, be careful these days, apparently. Well, I guess you have to be too. But on on rare occasions, if you touch upon the right topic with me, and if you push the right button, I might get a little aggressive. And on that particular podcast, I did get aggressive. And the reason I did is because if you look at WWE's history going back decades, and I'm not suggesting that what MLW is claiming is true. I'm not privy to negotiations that WWE is or is not doing with talent. But if you go back decades. WWE has a long history of this, a long history. And the thing is, is they don't do it directly. Like Vince McMahon's not going to pick up the phone, Sean, and call a contracted wrestler with MLW. Triple H is not going to pick up the phone and call a contracted wrestler with MLW. Oh, Jimmy, I think we both know what they do because they've done it before. I I know people 
ultimately personally who they reach out to and they say, what's your contract status? Right. To, to right. that degree. Well, the, the, the first example that popped into my head uh, when this story again broke with MLW, and I haven't even gotten to the news story yet, but when this story broke again, the first one that came into my head was Kevin Nash. Yeah. Uh, and anybody not familiar with Kevin Nash's story, he was uh, toiling away in WCW. He was playing the character Vinny Vegas. He was going nowhere very quickly. Shawn Michaels saw him on television, thought he was funny, liked his size, thought that could be a guy that would be really, really good with me. Shawn wasn't going to go to Vince and say, can you call Kevin Nash? No, he went mm-hmm. to the Steiner brothers because the Steiner brothers were in WWE at that time and they had come from WCW. He went to the Steiners. The Steiners called Kevin Nash. Kevin Nash then, I think Vince must have gotten in there at some point because he's got to green light mm-hmm. the contract. But it started with the Steiners. Nash went to WCW, asked for his release, saying, I'm going to go back to bouncing in the clubs because I'm not making any money here. WCW bought it, gave him his release. He faxed his release to WWE and then they signed him. That was flat out contract tampering. But yes. again, they did it in a roundabout way, and, and this kind of thing is always going to happen, and it's been happening, and it will always happen. But in this most recent example, uh, on February 15th, a few days ago, PW Insider reported that MLW attorneys had engaged WWE attorneys, alleging that WWE is attempting to tamper with contracted MLW talent again. Uh, and one MLW source said that they have an abundance of evidence should this go to court. Now, my take on this, obviously, this isn't going to court. No, it's not because yeah. let's be honest with the resources WWE has and with Miss Man being Vince McMahon, if MLW ever did push this, you know, into legal proceedings, Vince McMahon is going to bury them in red tape and he's going to burn through their cash. Oh, and yeah. So, it would it wouldn't even see a courtroom. For no years. Yeah, no, no. So that's not going to happen. But uh, I would love to see those deposition tapes, though. Yeah. You remember the one with Ventura when he found out that Hogan screwed him? Did- have you, you seen remember that the one? one with Ted Turner? Have you seen some of those that WWE has? No, like, I don't think I've seen. They that have one. some of them for some of the the '90s lawsuits. That's what the that's what these things are best for. Future WWE Network content. Mm-hmm. That's what this is best for, and and that's the thing. Like I had been told about this MLW stuff for a long time. Like yeah. it was even a talking point last year at Double or Nothing. I was talking to some people that said that MLW was kind of pissy about about that and. Specifically, this was two guys in Humberto Carrillo and Angel Garza that WDB did get, and they blew off the stuff. And a lot of that is typical wrestling etiquette, where if somebody else flies in a talent, well, there there are some some things that you go through. Unwritten like, rules. Unwritten, unwritten rules. rules, so to yeah. speak. I mean, yeah, it, and it is a little bit difficult. It is tough to navigate. Especially when we're talking about, like, if what if MLW brings people in WrestleMania weekend? Well, they're not going to be there if it wasn't for WrestleMania anyway. Right. So does WWE just feel entitled? There's a lot of weirdness that, that goes on in that situation. And I'm sure you're going to bring it up. Davey Boy Smith Jr. appeared on the bump yep. this past week. I was going to bring that up. And, and, and apparently MLW's issue now is unrelated to that. Uh, because he was there because uh, Natalia and Tyson Kidd were on that show. And yes. we'll talk about it later, but his dad's, you know, reportedly going in the Hall of Fame. And, and Harry Smith is always, and sorry, I call him Harry Smith because Davey Boy he's Smith Jr. Six, he's got six names, man. Davey Boy Smith Jr., Harry yeah. Smith. They called him D.H. Smith again for a while. I don't know if you remember, he adopted the Brackus name 
and that just didn't work. Yeah, that that one's I, vaguely. I remember that one. Yeah, but he's, he he's always he's always had WWE ties. I mean, the Bret Hart thing yeah. last year. He's the one that jumped in the ring and went after that guy. Yikes! Uh, so he's he's always had ties to WWE. Just you know, regardless of where else he's contracted. So they didn't really consider him to be part of it. But this is just always going to happen. If anything, MLW is going to have to just make their contracts a little bit stronger. But again. If they had a guy that WWE really, really wanted, and I don't think they have anyone that WWE can't wait for, Mm -hmm. but let's say they had somebody WWE really wanted, they're going to get that guy. Yeah, I'm surprised Jacob Fatu didn't go to WWE. And he resigned, didn't he? Yeah, but, and and I'm not trying to disrespect MLW here. I like the MLW product. I get along good with Court Bauer, the, the rare occasion I talk to him. But what we've seen is that MLW contracts traditionally, what are they worth? Like financially, of course, you always hear about bad MLW pay, but Tony Schiavone told me personally, told me directly, yeah, I can't work MLW the rest of 2019. I got obligations. You know, I've I've got things that I got to prioritize first, but I am under contract to them. He told me that. Then he signed with AAW, and all of a sudden those dates just free up Jimmy. Yeah, I Lucha mean, Bros, Pentagon, and Phoenix were supposed to be signed through the end of 2019 by MLW. They were gone by the end of May. Yeah, uh, Shane Strickland was supposed to be signed through like I don't know the spring of 2019. He wasn't there in the spring of 2019. MJF even was advertised for this upcoming July's uh, series of shows. He ain't there anymore. He's done. Yeah, and, and again, it's just the unfortunate reality. It's something that MLW just has to navigate because it's it's always going to be that way. And yeah. again, you know, you spoke about unwritten rules. All they can do is hope that a promotion is going to respect the terms of their contracts. But again, Vince McMahon, with their financial resources, they'll take whoever they want. I mean, they yeah, just will. And, and that's the element that, that they're dealing with now is I, I don't feel like it would happen with AEW. I don't know if it would happen with Ring of Honor. But the thing is, I don't know how much Sinclair cares about Ring of Honor That's to it. battle something like that. Anthem, are they going to battle? No, Anthem ain't probably going to battle that. But No, no, no. And but, the thing, too, is speaking of AEW, uh, am I supposed to believe that uh, the Revival has never spoken to anybody at AEW? I, I, know, know, I, mean? I know WWE wrestlers and AEW wrestlers talk to each other about this stuff because, quite frankly— they post Instagram pictures with each other. And, like it, it ain't a secret. And and not that I want to get too deep, but was Edge not under a Legends contract before he returned as a member of the talent roster? I'm not sure, but I mean, okay. I I attended a Comic-Con panel in Lexington where he straight up, which it's funny because when somebody asked, oh, would you go to AEW? That question then in May of last year was like, what a stupid question. Yeah. Like what a ridiculous, dumbass question. And it ended up being something that I'm probably going to pull and repost. You should. It's, it's, and it's, you should tag him. I know you don't like to tag the wrestlers. You should yeah. tag him in that one because he took that offer and he leveraged it to get a WWE offer, which good yeah, for sure. him. Good for yeah. his business. Yeah, it was very interesting. Tim Traver sends a super chat and says, What's up, my Fightful family? I'm doing amazing. Glad to hear that, Tim. Reminder, guys, if you want your question or statement read on the air, donate a super chat any amount. Jimmy, we're, we're getting real close to that Fightful Select goal of yeah, ours. And imagine, I don't like to put a number on it. but Imagine when we get on onto the dot-com with it, Sean. Yeah, and we're going to be able to do free trials and stuff. We are six subs away from a major goal, you guys. And 
as long as we stay above that goal, I'm going to be doing the Q&A show weekly. I didn't think we would ever really get there, but uh, that's the thing. We always lose a bunch at the end of month because of credit card cancellations and all that stuff. But yeah, it's pretty cool to see that. Uh, Fightful Select growing big. When we get incorporated into .com, we will up that by 50% inside a quarter. I think so too. Oh, I know so. I, because Patreon sucks. It does. So suck. we will, so we will up it. But it might <laughs> subscribe my... today. <laughs> <laughs> no, just so people don't know. Let let's say on the thirtieth of January you find Fightful Select and you sign up. They'll bill you for the month of January, and then on February first they'll bill you for the month of February. Oh, there there go those next six subs right out the window. No, people just need to understand. <laughs> you, you don't want to hide it from them, but it's just dumb. That's not how you do it. But uh, it is what it is. I want to move on, and I want to talk about the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase. And uh, I really hope that uh, he doesn't end up behind Barashan because this is is a serious situation in case people haven't heard about it. So back on February 5th, the New York Times reported that Brett DiBiase, who I believe is the younger son— of Ted, of Ted DiBiase, and he was, uh, he was in WWE in their developmental system. He didn't have a big run on the main roster like Ted Jr. did, but he was in their developmental system. Brett DiBiase was one of six people charged in a scheme to embezzle millions of dollars for personal use from Mississippi's welfare fund. Now, Brett DiBiase allegedly was hired back in February of 2017 by the Mississippi Department of Human Services to teach classes at a salary of $79,000, despite apparently lacking the qualifications to do so. Then a few months later, on August 1st, he was given a raise to $95,000. Then six weeks after that, he was gone. He allegedly never did the job that he was hired to do. He uh, used uh, government money to fund his own drug rehab at a luxury rehab facility in Malibu, California, uh, and two other people that have been charged as part of the scheme, uh, a woman named Nancy New and I guess her husband named Zach New. They were leaders of, uh, of another outfit called the Mississippi Community Education Center, which is another group that channeled, that got some of this welfare fund money. Yeah. Uh, who did this group, Nancy New and Zach New from the Mississippi Community Education Center, who did they pay to provide training to employees in 2018 and 2019? I would I would wager the guess Ted DiBiase Sr. Junior. Junior, okay. Ted DiBiase Jr., so former <sighs> WWE superstar Ted DiBiase Jr. So first you got Brett DiBiase getting hired and, and allegedly embezzling funds from the Mississippi Welfare Fund. Then his brother is hired by one of the uh, one of the groups that was taking some of this money from the Welfare Fund. He's hired. Then to put it up to a whole other level, According to the Clarion Ledger out of uh, Jackson, Mississippi, Ted DiBiase Sr.'s religious nonprofit called the Heart of David Ministries received $2.1 million in grant money from, from the Mississippi Welfare Fund. And what year did he start receiving that grant money, Sean? Probably right after. 2017, which is after his son was hired mm-hmm. by the Mississippi government. Uh, and he received grant money every year from 2017 until the most recent budget year, totaling about $2.1 million in grant money. Uh, the Associated Press actually went to Ted DiBiase Sr.'s house, and uh, they rang the doorbell. The woman who answered the door uh, said that Ted Sr. wasn't home. And according to the Clarion Ledger, they called, or I should say, they called the Clarion Ledger report fictitious. That's what the woman said about the report. So uh, it's a it's a bad thing. So Brett Brett Junior, not Brett Junior, Brett 
is now uh, he's now charged. I didn't read anything about what the possible sentence could be, but he's now charged. Apparently, the total sum of money is over four million dollars that they allegedly embezzled from the Mississippi Welfare Damn. Fund. And you got to think of one other thing. And I'm not suggesting that Ted Senior did this because I'm only going based on the news. His group is tax exemption. And you got to think about that. So $2.1 million of grant money donated to a tax-exempt company, Sean. I don't know, oh. man. Kayfabe is alive. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I should also shit. note, I should also note that as the president of the Heart of David Ministries, Ted Sr. collects a salary of as course. president. Of course he does. It's not looking pretty, man. It's it not. Ain't looking great. Do it's not looking this- good. Do you think this gets pursued? Do you think it goes away? <laughs> Do you think this? Uh, I think Brett is in serious trouble because uh, mm-hmm. you're, you're you're talking government money. Ted Senior, I guess it depends on where it goes with that. Well, but, it's, it's uh, definitely a good thing that Ted DiBiase is in good with the IRS. <laughs> Cute, Sean. Cute. <laughs> it's very good. Very good. Yeah. You know that, and it is. It's a bummer to hear. Ted DiBiase was the first wrestler that I loved to hate. I had the action figure. My wife, for like an engagement gift, got me a replica million dollar belt. I don't I remember any, it. any replica titles except for that. Uh, I had the wrestling buddy and all that stuff. He was just the ultimate heel. It apparently doesn't change. Yeah, did I ever tell you my, my straight? Whoa, whoa, whoa. We, sorry to cut you yeah, but we should note we haven't heard from Ted DiBiase Sr. Yeah. It's possible that he's innocent in this whole thing. I remember, you remember that woman, the actress, that uh, she had a little bit of jail time because she bought off somebody to get her daughter into school? Yeah. And her, son, her, her husband, uh, William H. Macy, I think, is her husband, he was innocent because he had no, that, no yeah. idea what the hell she was doing. It's possible Ted Sr. had nothing to do with sure. it. But when you're the president of a, of a small nonprofit that just got $2.1 million in grant money over three years— Yes, your son works for that thing. Your other son uh, got some got some employment out of them. It doesn't look good. That's all we can really say. Well, I'll tell you what else doesn't look good. And William Rab sends us a super chat. Is Cena versus Elias really happening or a red herring? I hope it's a red herring. I've seen enough of John Cena and Elias. And yeah. if John Cena got to pick his opponent, then he has not been watching the show. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I can think of is that, you know, they're going to do a nice little promo again, because Elias is good at that. Uh, Do a nice little promo thing, and and then maybe a quick match in a squash or something. The problem is kind of twofold. Problem number one is Elias is currently a babyface. Problem number two is that his stock has dropped off over the last couple of years, and I have long been a big fan of of Elias, and I put Elias over on this podcast. He's got presence, which not every wrestler does in WWE. Uh, his stock has dropped off. And whether or not that's his fault, whether or not that's creative, maybe it's a little bit of both, he's not what he was two years ago. And so uh, it's, it's not as big of a match for John Cena as it would have been two years ago. What about John Cena? Do you think that his stock has increased because of his Hollywood career? Absolutely. And because, Absolutely. And because less is more? I, th- I think so, too. Absolutely. They, they always say, you know, uh, uh, fondness makes the heart grow, or what is it? Absence, absence makes, makes the heart grow fonder? Yeah. Fondness makes the heart yeah, grow absence. absent. No, I mean, <laughs> you heard it for, like, when Cena would be yeah. gone for whatever number of months it was, and then his music hit, crowd went nuts. And this was the same crowd that booed him when he was full-time. He's he's on SmackDown next, uh, next Friday night, and he's going to, so long as they don't pull the satellite bullshit, you know, as long as he's actually, as long as he's actually in the arena, again. can you imagine if they did on location from Hollywood, California? Then he's I mean, a heel, Sean. The the 
Goldberg one was bad. The Hogan one I didn't care because that, I, from what I understand, the tickets were already sold by and large. It's advertised and, that day, yeah. And they advertised it that day. If yeah. you're going to buy a ticket that day because of that, eh, whatever. I agree. Whatever, but, oh, damn. It's it's just so, like, they, they got to have Cena there. I would think that Cena would want the opportunity to work somebody fresh and new. You'd think, you know what I mean? I mean, he hasn't been full-time in a while. Has he, ever, has he ever wrestled Ricochet before? You know? There's so many guys that, that you think that he'd rather get in the ring with. But uh, until they announce it officially, I guess all we can do is kind of wait it out. But, yeah, they, could, they his, could do better. What's his last WrestleMania match? Taker, what, the squash. And that was a squash. So yeah. when's the last time he's had an honest-to-God WrestleMania match? I don't even know. It would have been three years ago. Maybe, because I, I know there was one year he didn't do it because he was hurt. And the Rock came, or they they did that whole gimmick, right? Yeah, that yeah, that was. Oh, oh my God! It's been like a while. it's weird because he used to be such a WrestleMania dude. Okay, so he had the mixed tag against Miz and Maurice. Oh, that's right, I forgot about that one. Yeah, I'm just sitting here looking, and I'm like, God, man, I, I think it was Rusev was his last like singles WrestleMania match, With and the that was right, and that wasn't a tip top match, right? Jeez. I wonder, do you think Cena ever goes back and watches that mixed tag? <laughs> no. I don't think, I don't so think either. he goes back and watches anything. I would have loved to have been, you know, there, there are moments in WWE history where I wish that I could be a producer. You know, there yeah. are moments, that's one of them, where I would have, I mean, I, I don't want to disrespect anybody, but Nikki Bella comes off a certain way on television. Mm-hmm. I would have loved to have pulled John Cena aside knowing that they're going to do the match and he's going to propose. Pull him aside and say, you sure you want to do this on TV, bud? It's such a bad you idea. sure? It was an awful, terrible idea, and he's probably going to forever hate that WrestleMania, whether he publicly admits it or not. Yeah, because, I mean, that's the thing. He he would probably want that erased from memory. Absolutely. People aren't going to remember the Cena-Rusev match for anything positive. They certainly won't remember the, the Bray Wyatt match for anything positive. To, like, look back at a John Cena, like, performance at WrestleMania, I guess you got to go back to The Rock. The second Rock match. Even the, I mean, yeah. the first one was good, even though we lost. Yeah, it's just so. it's just weird, because this, this ain't the same Cena that we saw way back in the day. Like, I, you could argue that a lot of his WrestleMania performances are a little bit underwhelming, all things considered. Because you got, like, the Edge and Big Show match, and, like, the Orton Triple H match, which was good, but it didn't close the show or anything like that, and... It's it's just weird to think that because like he started off the match with Triple H I thought was really good the match with Big Show was him like kind of getting over like hitting the fu yeah uh, on Big Show to kick off that show U.S. He title right yeah he got crowned one year and then the match with Michaels was good uh, speaking of WrestleMania um, Kevin Carpenter says thoughts on Bailey versus Naomi at Mania rumor I think that's underwhelming yeah I'm indifferent about it I mean. With all due respect to Bailey, her heel run has uh, not been the greatest. Uh, my wife, the other day, we were we we were tuning into SmackDown late, and Bailey's making her way to the ring. And my my wife doesn't watch you know every show every week, so she was unfamiliar with Bailey's new look. And she goes, "Is she trying to look like China on purpose?" China didn't look like that. Well, that's what my wife said. That's what she said. Yeah, China China didn't China didn't wear pants. Her hair was longer, but I think she meant her face and everything. Well, I thought that Bay- I think Bailey's the most interesting heel on SmackDown because the Fiend gets cheered, but that's not exactly that's a true. high bar. That's not a high bar at all. And 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 again too, and and this is no fault of Bailey, 
when the other two women's matches on the show are going to be Charlotte Rhea Ripley, which is going to be good, Bailey Shayna Baszler, which is going to or, uh, Becky Shayna Baszler, which is going to be good. Tough to compete with those, man. Yeah, it is. And the thing is, like, I'm cool with Naomi getting a title shot, and it's just they they better do some really good building to make me want that match because yeah. they had Naomi lose completely clean. Completely. And they haven't pulled the shoulder thing yet. They haven't shown that yet. Yeah, it's so weird. I think they should. But uh, William Rabb says, Jimmy Van's thoughts on AJ versus Taker at Mania. I'm cool with it. Uh, I mean, obviously, you know, Taker's 55. And uh, I've seen interview clips with Taker in the past talking about he doesn't want to be one of those guys that's around, you know, longer than he should be. And with all due respect, he kind of is. Mm -hmm. But if there's a guy to put in the ring with him on the roster that's a good guy to get a good match, it would be AJ Styles. Because when you look at a guy like Ricochet, yeah, Ricochet is a great athlete, but outside of the in-ring, Ricochet leaves a lot to be desired. AJ Styles is a well-rounded veteran, you know what I mean, who can still go. And so I think AJ is a good opponent for him, and that makes that a marquee match for me. If they had to put Taker in there with almost anybody else, maybe with the exception of Edge because of the nostalgia, Mm -hmm. if they put him in there against almost anybody else, I'd probably just shrug my shoulders about it, but AJ Styles is a pro. So uh, I think it'd yeah, be all right. And I think guys, I think Ricochet leaves a lot to be desired in the ring these days. Like, I don't know how many times I can see this amazing stuff mm. and still think that it's amazing. Uh, but I think that AJ and Taker in their sleep could have a good seven, eight, nine minute match. Um, another person who's familiar with WrestleMania matches, Jimmy, Triple H. I spoke to him this sad Sunday, last Sunday, after TakeOver Portland. <laughs> at some point, at some point. At some point. And I asked him specifically about the production differences between uh, NXT, Raw, and SmackDown. Take a listen. I think that anybody that watches the NXT show, including tonight, see that the yep. production is categorically different than what we see on Mondays and Fridays. There, there are less cuts. There are less zooms. There, the, the camera works completely different. Is that a concentrated effort on, on your part, or is it a personal preference? What all goes into to the differences that we see from night to night? Yeah, it's no, it's it's definitely, um, look, some of it's preference. I mean, it, it's the chocolate and vanilla theory of, right, um, or two people, you ask two people to paint the same, a picture of the same thing, they're going to paint slightly different pictures, um, so some of it is definitely that. I mean, some of it is definitely a trying to be different than than what is there. Sometimes you want to do the same thing because it's good, right? When, when something is good, I don't want to I don't want to say let's do different and have it be bad, but you want it to be different um, and you want to differentiate. I want it to be a different feel from the product. I want when to me these products are all great. When if you turn on uh, your TV or you open up your phone or your app, whatever it is, and you're looking at it, you know what it is. Like you turn it on, you go, oh, that's Raw. Oh, that's SmackDown. Oh, that's NXT. Like It has a different vibe and feel. Same with NXT UK. I, I like that show to have a different vibe and feel, and that's that's the idea. So that comes down to can be a lot of different things. It's, you know, simplistic stuff, lighting, set design, um, and then more technical things, camera cuts, um, the way we the way we attack things, or zoom and focus things, or um, movement, or or different camera feels. Sometimes we're just trying stuff too. I often think of NXT as like an incubation tank of like, you know, 
when when you uh, when you make donuts for a living, you learn to make the donuts, and then you make the donuts the same way all the time. You get used to making the donuts. Every now and then, you want to go. What if we made this kind of donut differently? And I think it's sometimes what we're trying to do is just, hey, let's take a stab at doing this tonight. Might work, might not. We'll see if it works. We'll keep it. If it doesn't, we'll move on to something else. And so we try that too. You know, it's it's um, it's an evolution. I constant. I, I think it's it's constantly growing. You want it to constantly be changing and. Um, and that's the idea. So, you know, that, that's a positive to me. If if everybody looks at it and you guys are noticing that it's different, looks and feels different, that's a great thing. Um, and I'm happy for that. So, you know, the, the other thing is the talent and, and how they perform is slightly different. Um, all of it. But, the, but that's the intent, is to make these shows feel different. I don't want to – I think you don't want to go into these this, – this, uh, there's a lot of sports entertainment and, and, and in ring. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details wrestling on television and and uh you want to feel slightly different about all of it i don't want if i listen to the same band every day i get bored with it i want to i want to mix it up i want to hear different things i want to feel different things i want it to to look sound feel and just give me a different vibe and if we do that then i think we're successful long term on users and we're back (laughs) you all can hear that entire media conference call over at youtube.com slash Fightful or on Fightful.com. We also have Cody Rhodes' media call. Some more interviews that dropped this week. Bad Luck Fale. You're not going to hear a lot of interviews from Bad Luck Fale. He talks about the mass exoduses in uh, New Japan. He straight up told me his contract status. Talked about the relationships with AEW and Ring of Honor. Very good stuff. Also, Larry D. He's a guy who I interviewed in Lexington in November, but I held off on this interview for these upcoming Lexington and Louisville, Kentucky shows. We talked about how bad he wanted to join Impact Wrestling, and a week after that, he got signed. So it was really cool to kind of go back, and I think it works even better because he was looking in this crystal ball and ended up where he wanted to be. Uh, Also, we have Jimmy's favorite, PJ Hawks, and his father, Luke Hawks, who appeared on NWA this week, uh, later this week as well. Check it out. I don't hate the kid. I just thought it was a stupid spot. That's all. I don't hate the kid. I don't even know the kid. Um, okay, I'm so jump off your office building onto the the street hot dog vendor just to go viral. That'll work well for you. I'm sure. So it will. Uh, so so far in the WWE Hall of Fame this year, uh, names that we've heard include Batista, mm-hmm. the NWO, and the, the picture had uh, Hogan Nash, uh, Hall, and Sean Waltman in it, the <laughs> Bella Twins, and Jushin Thunder Liger. The Wrestling Observer reports that Davey Boy Smith, the British Bulldog, is scheduled to be inducted. Uh, and it's also been reported this week that JBL is scheduled to be inducted as well. Um, what are your thoughts on all of that? I mean, to me, they both make sense. Uh, I mean, the British Bulldog is one of the greatest ever, and he was one of my favorites growing up. JBL, uh, I'm not a fan, but he's a Vince McMahon guy. Yeah. And, and I guess if we're being honest, he had a pretty good run. I mean, he's been around since, what, 95, 96. He was WWE yeah. champion. He was tag team champion. He had a good run. Uh, what are your thoughts on both of them? As a performer, JBL belongs in. If cell phones and social media were around during his run, WWE wouldn't touch him. 
flat Agreed. out. WWE would not touch him with a 10-foot pole if any of that stuff was around. Um, other than that, yeah, I mean, WWE champion, intercontinental, U.S. champion, hardcore, European, held the tag title a bunch of times, was a, an announcer for a very long time as well. British Bulldog, yes. Just a million times, yes. Uh, I thought they just should have inducted him, Pillman, and Owen. Owen, even if you don't say it, you can say it later, in with the Hart Foundation. Because th- quite honestly, you've heard in recent years that they don't like to induct people that are deceased because it kind of brings the mood down. Yep. We'll induct three of them in at the same time while you have Brett there and, and Anvil. But uh, yeah, I, lo- I like this class. It seems like a pretty good one. It does, except once again, they just got too many people in it. Too many acts are in it. Like, I think if they had to put in the Bulldog, and then that's five acts, including the ones I already mentioned, that's enough. That's more than enough. Now they've got JBL, that's six, and they're probably going to add one or two more in addition. It's too much. It's too long yeah. of a night. Now apparently they're going to make it mandatory for everybody to stick around. That means that, that, means that the talent's got to be at the arena till 12 or 12.30. Well, who uh, else is going to provide security, Jimmy? The wrestlers right. got to do all that right. now since, since yeah. security doesn't do their jobs. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't. The thing that I will say about this class, they know how to hit their time cues a little bit better than a lot of the older people. This is a very young class. Yes. All things considered. Yes. I mean, you know, keep Lita off the mic. Keep uh, Mr. T off the mic. Oof. Hillbilly Jim. Keep them off yeah. the mic. And then I thought Hillbilly right. Jim's was going to end quick, and it didn't. But Because he said so. Remember? He was like, yeah. I'm just going to just give me a couple minutes. And then he went on for 30. Yep. You know? So. Kevin Langhoff says, will Sasha be on the pre-show then? Still pulling for Bailey and Sasha. I can wish. I think if Sasha's healthy, I think that's the direction they should. Is he talking for WrestleMania? Yeah. If Sasha's healthy, she should be on the show. Yes, and she should be facing Bailey on the show. Right. I, I fully believe that. Jose Flores says, in and out is trash. That is all. I'm trying to think if I had in and out when I was in Texas. Is that the, the I've had in and out burger. It's, it's kind of like... Uh... Yeah, your typical drive-through. It's all okay. right. Okay, I had In and Out in Vegas. I had yeah, Vegas the other. It. I had Church's Chicken in Texas. I love Church's Chicken. I did not like In and Out that much. I mean, we've got a million great burger places here in Kentucky, so I'm not impressed. So you broke a story on FightfulSelect.com this week about CFOs. You want to uh, go into detail on that one? Yeah, I do. Uh, this one took me a while to work on and the thing is it's a hot topic among people because everybody has an opinion for better or for worse on theme music so and i'm going to read directly from the story because i don't want to take anything out of context or anything like that but their cfos who i've reached out to by the way and their publisher and wwe and i didn't hear back from any of them had a publishing agreement with their publisher that entitled their publisher to a significant cut of the money that they were set to make. Uh, The same aforementioned source that that gave me that info said that uh, CFOs tried to get WWE to buy them out of their deal, and WWE was going going to do it, but the publisher was like, no. And the plan that I heard was that WWE wanted to bring them in-house and do things that way, but the publisher wasn't interested, and that there's a non-compete with that publisher uh, since then, I think it's DJD Productions or something like that they've been working with. WWE has been. Uh, they've been using some library tracks. There's some leftover stuff that they had. But, yeah, not not great. Not great. No, And this has ramifications for the WWE music 
a, a YouTube channel, which is a lucrative channel. Mm-hmm. Like you, you put up Tommaso Champa's entrance theme, three million views. That's a that's a nice chunk of change to put up there for something like that. I mean, quite honestly, you might be able to make your money back for what you pay a band or something to produce a song like that by throwing it up on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, not great, not great. And the themes lately have kind of sucked. Yeah, they're very generic. It's true. Yeah. It comes off like stock music, like you kind of said. Mm-hmm. So, uh, something else that you talked a lot about on FightfulSelect.com this week is uh, the WWE Performance Center. Lots of news, Sean. You've got about guys that have been there. Give us a quick little summary. Yeah, well, I mean, you guys can subscribe to directly support us, but Undertaker's there, or he was there. I don't know if he still is. Mark Henry, that's no big surprise because he uh, did the video for Dijak and, and Lee. Um, Kenny Dykstra of the Spirit Squad has been there. I don't know if Mike Mondo was or not, but I know that Kenny Dykstra was. And um, after all that, I was poking around and I was like, hey, was anybody else there? And a name that Fightful people might be familiar with, Chris Michaels was there, who I did a giant feature on and kind of got his daughter in touch with Becky Lynch. That was pretty cool. So a guy that I released a long-form feature on last month back at the Performance Center for the second time. And they were like, oh, yeah, you might know him. And I was like, yeah, I do know him. I know him pretty well. That's pretty awesome. So lots of names at the WWE Performance Center. Uh, I think it was last week, week before, or something like that. Did you hear anything about how Taker did? No, though that's, that is closed off to yeah, anybody that I would talk to. Okay, I'd be curious to know. I mean, he's yeah, again, he's, he's 55, man. Yeah. So, well, so are you. Yeah, that's, that's cute. That's cute. <laughs> so... Uh, AEW is sort of pulling a WWE come May because first they're going to be doing the Double or Nothing pay-per-view from the MGM Grand in Vegas. That's on Saturday, May 23rd. Then the following Wednesday, May 27th, they're going back to the same venue, the MGM Grand in Vegas, to film uh, Dynamite. What are your thoughts on that? Because I can't help but think that the Dynamite taping is going to be a tough sell. I don't know if the traveling fan is going to stick around for four days in Vegas. What do you think? My thoughts are, I hope I can expense that trip if I go on it. But, uh, <laughs> and legitimately, that's an expensive-ass week, Jimmy. Like, that's... Yeah, I think it's a lot to ask. And, and, and again, I like. I mean, I go to Vegas a lot. And mm-hmm. uh, a couple of days in Vegas, I've had enough. You and if, I mean? if they were doing their pay-per-view on Sunday, it wouldn't be as bad. But if they're doing it on Saturday, woof, man. And then... Okay, so I've heard some things about them possibly having their own convention mm-hmm. during that period. I'm working on getting some confirmation. I can tell you StarCast is not going to be there. I was able to confirm that as much, but that doesn't mean AEW can't do their own thing. But still, it's like Monday, Tuesday, Sunday. It's like three days of just chilling there in between events. More, oh, more than that. People are probably going to show up on the Friday, mm-hmm. and they're probably going to leave on the, the following Thursday. That means you're there for almost a week in Las Vegas, God, man. man. That's a long time yeah. to be in Vegas. I think that's going to be a hard sell to get to get uh, people to stick around and, for that taping. And I mean, like, legitimately, I'm talking about this. It's my job to cover stuff like that, and I'm sitting here thinking, I got to hear the way that they're laying out events before I even plan this trip. Mm. Like, I because okay, if they don't have anything Tuesday, if they don't have anything Monday. I'm, I'm not hanging around for the Wednesday show. I think Cody said they are. He said they're planning yeah, on yeah, signings well, and stuff. It, 
a lot of that depends. For me, it's a lot different. For yeah. me, from a media perspective, I'm like, okay, will there be interviews? Will there be panels? Mm-hmm. What will they do? Because if it's meet and greet, quite frankly, I, if there's just Tuesday meet and greets, I don't want to hang around Tuesday, then mm-hmm. wait all day Wednesday. It's, I don't know. I feel like they could have went the Wednesday before, and it would have been a little bit better. Would have been a little bit. A little bit better because then you've got Thursday, Friday. It's not Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Plus, I mean, that early part of the week, people got to ask off for effectively an entire week of work to go to this thing. Yeah, I mean, I guess they're only saving grace. Memorial Day, so maybe not. Well, they're only saving grace, I guess, is that Vegas is, you know, pretty close to California. Maybe they'll just have people drive. Yeah. Uh, But... I guess we'll see. Uh, a couple other things about AEW. So you had news on Fightful Select about them pulling talent from WrestleCon. Yeah, well, that is that is Jeremy Lambert's story. Jeremy has worked very hard on that story. So a credit to him. Follow him at Jeremy Lambert 88 uh, Yeah, they, they pulled a lot of people from wrestling on that. And there are some people like Jericho, Omega, and some other people that uh, have deals with Barry Bloom. As a, as a talent agent, and that kind of supersedes what's going on with AEW. Like, he booked them. They're still there. But uh, Darby Allen and Sammy Guevara got booked elsewhere or through, through another vendor, and they have been pulled. And Jeremy Lambert was told that Janela's relationship with the company allows things to be a little bit different for, for the stuff that he's doing. So that's why people don't get pulled from his show and AEW didn't want a full-blown AEW show during Mania Week. If you've ever heard Cody talk, he says that is WWE's week. We want it to be their week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. It's rough. I, I, th- I think they I, – I get that, but mm. – Well, speaking of Cody, one more AEW story. Um, he was interviewed by Eleven Alive in Atlanta. He was there promoting uh, Dynamite. And he was asked where he sees mm-hmm. AEW – in five years, and I'm going to read this quote, and I want your thoughts. This is from Oh, I've got more than thoughts. Okay, all right, all right. Well, let me read this. He said, quote, in five years, who knows? If we had a random storm situation or something popped up and we had to put dynamite on a Monday night, if that was to happen in this current threshold, I'd still be very confident of what we can do, and I'd be confident that our guys would would be up for the challenge. So he's hinting, or not hinting, he's suggesting that uh, he would like to go up against Raw on Monday nights. Now, obviously, we know that there's two times that this, this has happened in the past. In 95, WCW launched Nitro on Monday opposite Raw. In 2010, TNA launched Impact on Monday night opposite Raw. WCW did well, at least for a while. Impact didn't. But they were very different situations because in 95, number one, Raw was not live every week. In 95, Nitro was. They had they had the advantage there. Number two, Nitro had Hogan, Savage, Flair, Sting. They had Luger, Luger debut the week that, uh, that Nitro started. In 2010, 15 years later, TNA actually thought they could take a lot of that same talent and compete. So they featured Hogan, Flair, Sting on their show 15 years later. Um, I think that I looked at it like this. Dynamite's averaging about 800,000 viewers a week, you know, live. On Wednesday nights. I know that not all those viewers are necessarily WWE viewers. But I think that in order for you to compete with Raw on Monday. You've got to have some elite level. Like bonafide box office talent. Because we've already seen it. And we talked about this on this podcast before. Guys like the Young Bucks. 
that AEW feature as stars, they haven't connected with the television audience. If you look at their quarter hours almost every week, they lose viewers almost every week when it's the Young Bucks segment. They haven't, they haven't connected. Outside of Jericho, outside of Cody, outside of Moxley, outside of a handful of guys, they don't have any legitimate stars as of yet. Now, granted, he's not talking next week. He's talking five years from now. But you still have to have a legitimate lineup of stars to compete with WWE. You can't just take the AEW Dynamite brand and think that you're going to compete. Well, beyond that, like I don't pay that much attention to the quarter hours as much. I, if there were minute by minutes, I would probably look into those. And that's something Cody actually says that he pays a lot more attention to is the minute by minutes. But I'm going to ask Tony Khan about this next Saturday after after the pay-per-view. But I think it has more than to do with Raw. Tony Khan is an NFL owner. He th- That would be him. That's a fair point. I never thought of that. It, it's, and the thing is, like, the Khan family owns that entire team. Mm-hmm. Like, there are a lot of teams that have, like, partnership groups and, and buy groups. I mean, Monday Night Football is a significant driver of revenue for the NFL, even if the Jacksonville Jaguars aren't there. Mm-hmm. Uh, beyond that, let me just tell you guys, if it's going to be on a Tuesday or a Thursday, it damn well is not going to be between October, November, and June because the NBA is not going to bump Shaq and Barkley and, and the NBA on TNT mm-hmm. for AEW. All due respect. Uh, Friday and Saturday are death slots. Sunday you got almost the same type of situation that you're talking about with Monday because that's a football day. And you have Tony Khan competing against himself. Uh, I I will ask him about this next Saturday, though, because I think that's very interesting. And that's where I think you're going to probably see some of the EVPs having differentiating thoughts. Now, for Cody, it was just a pipe dream. He just said, I would like to. And he didn't say, oh, I want to compete. He was, you know, he just said, I'm confident in how we do. Okay, but I, I, I don't think them going head-to-head is a good idea at all. And, I agree. And to be honest with you, if AEW and NXT were running unopposed every week, I think each one of them would be doing $1.2 million probably or $1.1 million every single week. Yep, I agree. I think mo- running Mondays is, uh, is not a great idea. And I never even thought of football, Sean. I never even yeah. thought about it. I only looked at what I thought they would need because, again— Anybody that like if if Cody Rhodes was to ever look at WCW as the example, you can't completely different time. Raw was a completely different show uh, and you can't look at it like that. So I guess we'll see. Okay, Camillo. Time for stupid people. Stupid people is what this segment's called. You might wonder why we do it. It's not about wrestling at all. Used to be WWE's weekly usage of stupid nicknames, which we did hoping they'd stop giving wrestlers lame names. But it didn't work, so we gave up. And the new segment we came up with is Stupid People. Stupid People. Stupid People. <laughs> Why are you doing that face? Why are you doing Donate that? Super chats, guys. I'm what, was, what was the point of that? After this, go to FightfulSelect.com. We're going to do The List Goes On, where we are going to talk about Tanara Conti. We're going to talk about Matt Hardy, the Women's Elimination Chamber, Shelton Benjamin, Randy Orton versus Matt Riddle. We're going to talk about Tito Ortiz. <laughs> We're going to talk about cool. WWE producers. Uh, I'm going to talk about a bunch of other fun stuff, so go to FIFOSelect.com after this for the list goes on. 
All right, man, I got three good ones. You know, there are still people on YouTube and Twitter that are like, bring back uh, stupid people every week. Yeah, stupid people. Oh, don't be knocking your fan base, Sean. Idiots. Uh, I should probably say the opinions expressed by Sean Rossap do not necessarily reflect those of Fightful.com. The list they goes on. They reflect you. They reflect uh, your business partner. They reflect right. Camille. Camillo. They reflect Melissa and Nigel. My mother. They reflect uh, Brady, who doesn't even work for not, you not anymore. Not even anymore. Yeah, yeah. So this first one, Sean, this was reported by the UK Sun on February 12th, and you of all people are going to like this one, Sean. You're going to respect this one. So this coronavirus, which they're now calling COVID-19, because I guess a lot of people kept on Googling for the beer virus, so now they call it COVID-19. It's brought out the lunacy in a lot of people, Sean. It really has. It's brought out the stupidity in a lot of people. There was one story, for example, about three men in Hong Kong who stole 600 rolls of toilet paper because they think there's going to be a shortage. So they stole 600 rolls of toilet paper. Well, this is another story. According to the UK Sun, people in China are doing something stupid with their pets. Any idea what they're doing? Killing them. <laughs> That's a little drastic, don't you think? They, so is stealing 600 rolls of toilet paper. Fair. Unless you take big fat shits. <laughs> they're putting makeshift fast, uh, face masks on their cats. We got a few pictures. <laughs> Put them up. Put it, there's the first one. <laughs> makeshift cat mask. I can't breathe. What are you yeah. doing? Put up another one, Camillo. Look at that one. I mean, how are they even keeping the air out? Seriously. Seriously. Put up another one. There's another one, John. Look at that. I love it. These are real photos. People are really doing this. How do they even know? How would they even know that the cats aren't immune? Because cats don't get the flu or anything. You know what I mean? God. So dumb. That's what people are doing, man. Yep. Yep. This next one. This was posted on the Facebook page for the Santa Rosa County Sheriff's Office. In Florida on February 3rd of Sean. These are so good, Camillo. Every week, they're good. A traffic stop turned into a drug bust when police stopped a car that was going 25 miles per hour over the speed limit. Uh, and uh, the K-9 unit was brought out. And they found what appeared to be a bag full of drugs in the car. Sean, what was the first clue that the K-9 was probably correct in finding a bag full of drugs in the car? Um... The dog got a hard dick, and he said, wait, this is way more expensive than if I used Blue Chew. There's too much Viagra in here. That's a good guess, but no. They knew because the bag actually said bag full of drugs on it. We got the picture. Camille, there it is. No. Yes. No. They found two bags. Come on. This is real. They found two bags. Both bags said bag full of drugs on them. And they contained meth, GHB, cocaine, fentanyl, and ecstasy. God. The Santa Santa Rosa County Sheriff's Office on their Facebook page, they wrote, quote, Note to self, do not traffic your illegal narcotics in bags labeled bag full of drugs. Our canines can read. That's what they put. to have your embroidered polo sent to you that says inside trader. Ah, that's cute. That's cute. That's cute. But can you believe that somebody, like, did they think they're going to throw somebody off? Is that what I they're mean, thinking? I, think I do think it's kind of funny, like, as a novelty item. But Well, I don't think they're laughing at the moment, Sean. But it's, it's not novelty, I guess. No, it's, it's just, not. It's they just... legitimately used it. <laughs> and these are real. People are going to watch this going, that's made up. No, it's real. Yeah. He does his research. I these. do my research, yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, this last one, Sean, for the SRS file. If you're new to this podcast, the SRS file means that we're going to either be talking about genitalia or shit or urine. That's basically what it means. Why not all of them? Or maybe all of them. This was reported by the Huffington Post on January 22nd. So I'm sure you're familiar with Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina candle. You probably heard about it. The, the candle? Rock. Uh, something goop related, I imagine. Yeah, it's stupid, and we don't really need to talk about it. But she came out with a thing called a, with a vagina candle. There's an ad agency out of Toronto, no less, called Taxi. They decided that they wanted to piggyback off of uh, of off of that item because they wanted to get a little publicity for themselves. What did they do, Sean? I don't know what they do, Jimmy. They created a product called "This Smells Like My Penis." Camilla's got the picture. There it is, right there. That's amazing. Yeah, and and <laughs> That's here amazing. And and here is how they had to, you know, they had to they had to add in their own little their own little thing. So, because the vagina candle cost $75, the ad agency called Taxi, they put the cost of their penis candle at 100 cuz they wanted to highlight the supposed gender pay gap. Well, Jimmy, which is bullshit by the way. I wish you would have waited until a couple weeks because I got this manscaped trial I'm starting. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Gonna try to gonna try to show them that people will go use the code Fightful at Manscaped.com so they'll sponsor us full time. Because I mean, let's let's be honest. I am the greatest Dixman in wrestling media, without a doubt. Without a doubt, I am the the goat Dixman of wrestling media. What did you think of uh, Johnny Gargano turning on Tommaso Ciampa at uh, NXT TakeOver? I think that if he wants to be that hard, if he wants to be that stiff, he needs to go to BlueChew.com and use that code FIGHTFUL. (laughs) Camilo had a cute... He's not doing a pitch, Camilo! (laughs) Yes, I am. Oh, he is? Oh, okay, okay. okay. But the thing is, all the other stuff on the show, Camilo, it took him like five or ten seconds. He had that boom! (laughs) <laughs> Sean basically only said the word blue. That's basically was, all he said. I was like, blue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. First two of them with the same FDA approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know it works. <laughs> Whether you're doing a one night stand or a two year long feud, maybe you're doing some tag team action. I don't know what's going on. Whether you're quick like Camilla or you sometimes take a while. Yeah, I mean, hey. <laughs> you don't always got to DIY your own dick, my friends. Blue Chew will get you getting hard. And it comes to you discreetly. It's shipped straight to your door. You don't have to wait in line at the pharmacy or the doctor's office. So you're saving time. You're saving money. You can take it on a full or empty stomach so it's ready whenever you are. If you want to be a great dicksman, then you need to use BlueChew.com. Code Fightful. You don't have to have a problem to use Blue Chew. It's there for confidence. It's there for performance, all that good stuff. And if you use the code Fightful, you get your first shipment free. Just pay $5 shipping to be a great Dixman. Okay, well, now we've only got a few minutes left, but I guess I will ask this anyway. Um, What did you think of Johnny Gargano turning on Tommaso Ciampa at NXT TakeOver? The thing is, and I, and I liked Triple H's answer with this, that's that's the good and bad, as me and you mentioned. Like, sometimes he gives those stupid PR answers, but then, and I'm not calling him stupid before yeah. you all snitch tag him, my God. He said, if there's not a story there, I'm not doing this. And there is a story there. There is some continuity there, and there is a way to go back to it 
with it to make sense. And I'm down for that. I like that. Because then you've got this loaded NXT roster. You found something to do with Matt Riddle. He doesn't have to be in the title picture. Mm-hmm. You found something to do with Keith Lee. Now you found something to do with Ciampa and Gargano. I like it. I guess that part to me makes sense. You found something for them to do. I just kind of feel like it's been there, done that. Sure. Uh, we've seen them wrestle like so many times, these these epic matches. Remember like Last Man Standing? And they're having to find creative ways to count the pin and... And yeah. all that stuff that they did. I, I feel like we've seen it all. The only thing that's going to be different now is Gargano's going to be the heel now. Yeah. You know? So I kind of feel like been there, done that. Uh, one more topic I want to talk about. I know we don't have a lot of time, but I do want to talk about this on uh, on the live podcast. I want to talk about Jeff Cobb. Okay. Uh, people know he appeared. He, did a, he had a surprise appearance on Dynamite last week. He's going to wrestle Moxley this week on Dynamite. What's the latest that you've heard in terms of his contract status? And there's a reason I'm asking. So what's the latest you've heard? Still doesn't have a contract with anybody. Uh, Ring of Honor, There, uh, I don't want to say Ring of Honor was surprised. It's a very blanket statement. There was at least one person that I talked to who should have been in the know for stuff like that who was a little bit surprised. They do have him for more than just tonight's show. And uh, yeah, AEW wants him. I mean, obviously they do. So yeah. this is this is my opinion, and and obviously pro AW people aren't going to like this. This to me is another rookie mistake by a, by a management team that has never run a promotion before, especially yeah. especially with live weekly television. This is a mistake, and and uh, I think it was Mick Foley that was talking about you know AEW is doing okay, but they're learning on the job. I think he said that. This is another example of that, and here's why I say that: when you are when you have live weekly television as they do in the U.S., in Canada, when you have live weekly television, there's time and money associated with that. You are investing in the talent that you have on your show, and you're giving them an opportunity. So what they're doing is they're taking a guy that they don't have under contract. They're investing time into him. They're giving him an opportunity. They're investing money into him. What if he decides to take that opportunity and to take that time and money they've invested into him and use it to sign a contract someplace else? Yeah, that's a it's, real that's a real risk. Yeah, it I, I just think it's really dumb and and it's something that WWE I don't think would do. Maybe they have and I'd have to maybe think back to maybe one-offs when WWE did something like that. Uh, but I think it's really foolish to do. Now, I know what people are going to say. I'm sure Moxley's probably going to beat Jeff Cobb. And so mm-hmm. people are going to say, "What's the problem? Moxley beat him." You're still showcasing this guy. You had him in the ring with the inner circle on Dynamite last week. You're still showcasing this guy. You're doing it without a contract. You're putting time and money into him. You're giving him an opportunity. Uh, I just think it's a mistake. I think it's another rookie mistake by a management team that needs to learn, and that's my opinion. They they did it with Liger a while back, but they, they most famously did it with Samoa Joe, but then they got cold feet, and they were like, no, we got to sign him immediately. Because if you remember, he was still working Ring of Honor. He was working a lot of other places. And then they're like, ah, no, we don't want him doing that, so let's go ahead and sign him type of thing. Uh, Yeah, I'm okay with that. I think Cobb can be their Taz, so to speak. Absolutely. Unless he decides. Sure. Unless he just. Actually, he really has the look. You're right. Unless he decides to sign someplace else. You know who he reminds me of? He reminds me of Taz and Rhino had a baby. Yeah, there you go. And if their baby was an Olympic caliber wrestler. That too. (laughs) He actually wrestled Yoel Romero. Uh, back really? In the day. Yeah. Yo, he said Yoel stomped him. Is that I was, yeah. Yoel's a big muscled up guy? Well, well, that's the thing. Cobb's like 250, 260. Yeah. Yoel Romero fights at 185. What, what? Yeah, but what did they wrestle at? I I think it was like 
significantly lower than that because yeah. Cobb's added a lot of mass. But yeah, yeah, yeah. if you guys want to add a lot of mass, go to bluechew.com code Fightful. <laughs> but most importantly, subscribe to Fightful Select. We are just away from a goal. From a goal, damn it. Leave a thumbs up, subscribe, tap the bell for notifications. That way, YouTube will send you our way. That John Moxley interview closing in on 100,000 views. I'm very excited about that. So thank you guys for that. We're out. Subscribe to Fightful on YouTube for the latest exclusive podcast, interviews, and news across boxing, MMA, and pro wrestling. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.